0: Hello and welcome to the maiden voyage of Cage Club, the journey that Mike Manzi and I, Joey Lewandowski, are going to be taking as we watch every Nicolas Cage movie over the next six months or so, write about them on our blog, and talk about them here. Mike, if you want to sort of give your introduction to why you're taking this journey with me.
1: Well, first I would just like to thank you for letting me join you in this Oh, sure. I mean, this is quite a feat that we are undertaking here. And I'm not exactly sure <laughs> why uh, why I want to do this. I just know that I want to do this. You know, um, I'm sure the reasons behind it and uh, what I'll get out of it will be revealed as we go along. Uh, but for now, it just felt like something I I need to do. It's, it uh, is sort of like it fills a
0: void. It fills a primal calling within ourselves. Yeah,
1: and and Cage is just he's. He's everywhere, you know. You sort of he's inescapable, anyway. So you know, why not face him head on at some point in your life and just <laughs> take it from the start and uh, watch the evolution of this guy and uh, and see if if you can learn anything from it about yourself in the process, perhaps.
0: Ooh, I like that a lot. There we go. The one thing that I want to make sure that I, I I've been conscious about doing this on our blog. And our blog is cageclub.wordpress.com. The one thing I've been conscious about doing is I love. The fact that the internet loves Nicolas Cage, and I love that they put him on everything, and I love that he's sort of become, you know, this golden child of the internet. Yeah, so he's but, giddy almost. Of but we're not mine. doing Cage Club ironically, right? Like I don't—we're not watching these movies so we can make fun of him and so we can create memes or whatever. Yeah, I genuinely love Nick Cage, and I think you do too. Yes, and so I've been conscious whenever I put a post on the blog to make sure that I don't choose one that's exceptionally goofy or, you know, some, like, weird Photoshop job, uh, because I I don't want to, like, cheapen what we're doing. And I, I know that we're not, you know, curing cancer or, like, solving world hunger here, but I do want to actually, you know, figure out the evolution of Nicolas Cage, who, you know, was this amazing actor who won an Academy Award, who came up with, you know, some of the biggest blockbusters of the 90s. Who then, you know, was twelve million dollars in debt somehow, and is now in sort of, you know, three or four directed DVD movies every year. Like I sort of wanted because he's got an incredibly interesting career, and I I'm excited to do this podcast and this project with you because I know that you'll treat it with the respect that you know I feel like he genuinely
1: does deserve. Yeah, by all means, you know I I think he's a serious actor. You know <laughs> I'm sure there are times where he goes to extremes, you know, one way or the other. But yeah, ultimately, you know, he's just trying to make a living like everybody else, right? And uh, I just want to, you know, treat him with the proper respect as we go forward. And, and, you know, yeah, this is, you know, we're not taking this as lightly or anything like that, you know, and um, I think you know, we're both very big movie buffs and big movie fans. And, you know, there's, there's all kinds of, uh, of people in that industry. Right. Nick, Nick Cage, you know, there's a couple of people in his orbit, you know, that are very similar, I feel, um, in style and such. But, yeah, there is just like he has gone to another level, you know, like you mentioned with the Internet, especially like there's just something about him, you know, that everybody can connect with. Right. So I just, yeah. we just got to get to the core of that, I feel, you know, and to do that, you just sort of have to, you know, treat him with dignity, you know, and give him the benefit of the doubt going forward.
0: Exactly. So the the format that we're going to be doing for uh, the the project, the Nick Cage the Cage Club, is we're going to be doing three movies a week. We'll have new reviews on uh, the the WordPress thecageclub.wordpress.com every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we'll have probably a weekly podcast that'll cover you know two or three movies at a time, unless there's a specific movie that you know warrants a full podcast length conversation we'll have three new reviews up from each of us each week on the the blog and we'll have a new podcast probably every week or so Uh, we're still working at the the podcast schedule but it's a very exciting time for me and i think for mike and if if you are a nicholas cage fan i think this is an exciting time for you too
1: yeah, I mean uh, there there, there can't be enough content for the man. Am I correct or not? I mean, we're just adding to the uh, fuel to the fire, as it were. So the first movie, the one that we just watched, is this movie called The Best of Times, and
0: it aired on TV in 1981. It's it's sort of hard, and maybe you know a little bit more than I do, Mike. But it seems like it was both the internet at least now calls it a TV movie, but it was also a pilot for a series. That wasn't picked up.
1: Yeah, this uh, this is where I feel like I gotta get my archaeology gear on and yeah. sort of, you know, read into this because <laughs> this was quite something to watch, I tell you. You know, it's almost fitting for our pilot episode that we're watching for all intent and purpose a pilot episode of a television show. But this doesn't, I mean, play like a sitcom. This wasn't gonna be like bosom buddies with, you know, Nick Cage and Crispin Glover.
0: I don't understand what it is. You know? Like, it's so weird. It's (laughs) insane.
1: Okay, I describe it as a musical variety show, a musical comedy variety hour, basically. They don't necessarily change costumes like a sketch comedy show, but each sequence is like a setup in a joke. It reminded me of You Can't Do That on Television. Are you aware at all that You Can't Do That on Television? A, no, I'm not. It was a Canadian entertainment show on mm-hmm. Nickelodeon in the 80s. And the format was very similar to this. Breaking the fourth wall, addressing the teenagers watching the show, reoccurring environments. You know, In this we have The Beach. The Beach is a big one. The Beach is Nick Cage's domain. He's
0: king. He's literally king of the beach. King
1: King of where he's most comfortable. We
0: have the beach. We have the arcade. We have that like makeup counter, which I don't know is in somebody's house or in a mall or somewhere else altogether. We have boy on payphone. Multiple payphones. There's like he's like using every payphone (laughs) in the city. It seems like
1: they're trying to get the word out.
0: You know, I the way that I describe this movie. I call it sort of like a fever dream, because I just don't understand what's going on. Yeah. But the way that it makes the most sense, and I don't think this, it doesn't make sense for a TV show, but I think it works for this. It's sort of like in the newspaper, like the comics, like a three-panel comic. There's like just like a setup, and then like what you consider, I guess, a joke, <laughs> and then it just goes to something else. Like there's scenes in this that are like eight or nine seconds long, and then they're just done. Yeah, and that's and then they just go to completely different characters doing something completely different, and it's just insane. It's like they have like an idea for one little, you know, joke or funny thought or observation. They're like, all right, don't you know? We're not going to spend any more time here. Let's just move on. It's refreshing, sort of, because like they're, they're not like wasting time, but like it's just so weird. It's jarring,
1: and, and it's very unlike the structure of television. You know, <laughs> it's very. They were definitely breaking new ground for better or worse. But you're right, like, basically it feels like they had a joke book, and they had, you know, one guy tell the joke, and the other guy, be, you know, the responder, right, like a knock-knock joke, you got, Yeah. you would film, let's film the knock-knock joke, like, that's how it feels, like, here, here's a joke, uh, I don't know if I should go to Harvard or Stanford, well, there are no waves uh, near Harvard, I guess that settles that.
0: And then they leave the scene, and, and, that's, and that's it. End scene. <laughs> that's the whole scene. I wrote that down too because that is—it's like that's the craziest. Because they're talking that—that's that's Nick Cage talking to his friend, and Nick's not sure which school to go to. But then at the end of the episode, Ooh. in like—it's really heavy. The, the longest scene, like probably two minutes long, not a joke to be found. Yeah, just super depressing about how he can't keep his grades up. He doesn't know if he'll go to college. Mike, it's just really weird. Here, give a listen.
2: My dad's all for this military buildup. He says our country can't be too strong, and we gotta show the other side we won't be pushed around. That's fine. But being strong means taking chances. Like this here El Salvador thing. Do you think there's gonna be a war? <laughs> I mean, like I'm registered. They called the draft. I'm in there, man. Dad says it's my patriotic duty. But shoot, I mean. You don't even get to choose a nice place. I mean, why why do they have wars in Vietnam and Korea anyway? Why not someplace real neat, like like the French Riviera or or Bermuda? Well, you don't think there's going to be a war, do you? I wish my dad wouldn't talk about it all the time. My mom looks at me and starts to cry, and Dad says the army'll make a man out of me. Look at that, huh? I thought I was a man already. Dad was in the Korean War. He talks about boot camp and how he and his friends went off to Tokyo. Sounds like fun. But when I ask him, hey Dad, what about combat? He dummies right up, gets this faraway look in his eye, changes the subject. I'll tell you one thing. You date a girl and start talking about maybe going off to war, and she gets real cuddly and affectionate. So I guess it's got its good points. Anyway, I'm not going to worry about it. I got college next year if I can keep my grade level up. I never got good grades. It'll be a tough four years. I just hope we don't have a war. things, you
0: know what I mean? And it's just like, I, and he's talking about being drafted, there's other, I mean, we, we need to get to that, there's a whole lot of, like, military fear in this, oh Gosh. but, like, it's just like this two-minute thing, and I'm like, I'm watching this, I'm like, I don't know what this TV show, or movie, or whatever you want to call it, wants to be, because the first, you know, like, 40 minutes are, like, light-hearted... You know, kids having the time of their life its like, literally the best of times for them. And then all of a sudden, it just hits you with, like, two scenes back-to-back of just, like, hey, not everything is really as good as it seems. Yeah. You know, we still have issues. And it's just, like, okay, like, that's important, but it just comes out of nowhere and hits you super, super hard.
1: Now, I think we should talk about some of the, the best times that these kids are, are showing us here. Like, mostly composed of musical numbers. Like, at one point, it turns into Greece, Like, literally. A high school musical. What's your favorite musical number? All right. I think it's got to be Heartbreaker, even though Nick Cage isn't in the <laughs> sequence. Because the ladder shot and the dressing room shot, I just... I was really maybe it was just a, it was it was the fever pitch moment of the movie. It was like right towards the middle, so uh, I was really into that sequence for some reason. But I also kind of like when the cast sang the song about not wanting to do chores and went on the go karts Yeah, go kart cage was my favorite look of this with the with the green tank top and the helmet.
0: I mean, it's a great look for anybody. <laughs> I I loved Heartbreaker because. Like they have people basically doing solos, and like half the people can't sing, yeah, and they're just they're going all out, and it's crazy. I think my favorite might be I, I can't say definitively, the supermarket song, oh, because yeah. before we watched the movie when we were first like you know, coming up with a list of everything he's done. Like, we found those GIFs online of, you know, him just drumming on cans. So bizarre. And shaking things, like, playing his comb as a musical instrument.
1: Just set the scene real quick. So, like, Crispin Glover goes to Seven Eleven, okay? Maybe they were going to be, you know... Sponsoring the show, sure. There was a Charmin commercial that <laughs> <I> got taped. <laughs> the guy called it Charmin. So they go to Seven Eleven to return bottles for for money. You know they're recycling. Hey, you know, message number one, basically for kids, recycle. And they're recycling too many bottles. And Jackie Mason isn't <laughs> having it. And they break into like this musical concrete version of a song
0: spontaneously. Well, they say so. He's like. He's Like, I don't want to hear another word from you. They're like, Alright, all right. we're not gonna say another word. And then they all grab bottles and they just start like blowing on them Dude. to make music and then they just start singing and dancing and like, well, like you you know got, playing musical instruments.
1: Well, you got you got payphone guy making the payphone noise with the buttons, yep. adding some some musical vibe there, then you got the guy banging on the cans and you got Nick Cage playing the comb and it turns into a whole production.
0: And it's like three minutes long, <laughs> it's, like it's long. And it's out of nowhere,
1: and it doesn't exactly telegraph we're about to break into 9 to 5 at the car wash in 5 minutes you know like that came just as far to left field as this did
0: although i did i mean i did love that and i also did love how it like it became grounded back into reality at the end when like Beautiful they cat. finish the song and there's all the cars there and everybody's furious cuz they just want to get their gas <laughs> and get their car washed and get on with their day and these like you know 10 dumb kids are just dancing and singing instead of doing what they're supposed to do it's the it's i don't know understand the rules of the world that they live in.
1: Yeah, they, they don't live really in reality. I mean, this is like... I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. It's <laughs> just reality. You know, it's very surreal. You know, if you were to take this at face value, these kids, like... <laughs> I don't even know what to make of them sometimes.
0: Did anybody, as far as you know, did anybody aside from Cage and Crispin Glover ever do anything after this? Or they all sort of, like, fizzle into non-existence?
1: No one went on to do... Anything that I'm aware of, except the producer and director of this went on to, I believe he directs and produces award shows like the Oscars and and things like that.
0: So he loves a musical number. He loves, you know, a a staged production.
1: And that's where sort of, like, the variety... You can see there's, like, that, you know, someone comes out, they tell a joke, they introduce, like, the award, and then they go to, like, a musical song. Like, you can see sort of that pattern in this, where they come out, they, like, talk to the screen, then they do, like, a musical number, and it's kind of, (laughs) like... It's got that same kind of structure now that I'm thinking about it.
0: Yeah, so Don Mischer, the guy who directed this pilot, you're right. Like he has 102 producing credits. He has 82 director credits. He does. He did Eddie Murphy's One Night Only. He does the Oscars. He does. He did Taylor Swift documentary. He does Super Bowl halftime shows and pre
1: shows. The guy is about the variety. <laughs>
0: He just loves life, I guess. Like, it's just, it's just like an, a celebration of just enjoying life, I guess. I don't understand. I don't know. Well, it um, makes
1: sense for the, like, the music and stuff. But where does all this, like, straight talk to teens come in from, you know? Is that just, like, was was this sort of, like, a government project that they were given money to make, like, a hour-long public service announcement? Because there's a lot of that, like you know later on nick cage is like i might get drafted and like crispin glover's trying to like you know it's tough getting a job when you've never had a job before and like you know girls are the girls like it's trying to save for my future you know like it's weird it's trying to instill responsibility into the kids that it's you know targeted towards it's i don't understand i don't know like
0: who it's I guess it's, like, four teens. Like, is the, is the target audience teens? But, like, would, would like, you know, 18-year-olds in 81
1: want to watch this? Well, <laughs> I was two, so I don't know. But it does feel like something they would show you at school during a, in the auditorium, like, during a, um, you know, they would come, they bring everybody into the auditorium, and sometimes they'd have, like, you know, put on shows and things for the kids and like this feels like something you would watch at school like on a special day or something
0: i also do you, do you know what channel it was on at the at the very end like the closing credits it said something like showtime but i don't think it was on showtime
1: yeah it says a sh- like a special showtime presentation but i'm i want to believe that that is just like a showtime production company unrelated but i think it's probably like cbs or like abc or
0: something right I would imagine I mean the laugh track oh, the laugh track's like, amazing.
1: like first of all, the laugh track I, I mean it starts right off the bat, and like I did, did not I. expect there to be a laugh track. I knew it was Neither
0: did I. that's my fir- that's my first note. it just says laugh track yeah because like the first line of the show, I don't even remember if it's a joke or not, but the audience is already on board and
1: laughing. <laughs> yeah. it like is leading in with laughter <laughs> black screen, laughter
0: yeah it's it's crazy. The one thing I want to make sure that we talk about okay is nick cage's introduction his first appearance like so so it starts off with crispin glover in his bedroom which is the most disgusting like dirty bedroom that i think you only find in tv shows like that's not a bedroom you find in
1: real life That, that is the prototypical 1981 teenage bedroom you're looking at
0: is that th- like do you think do you think that happened in real life or is that just like something that on TV that TV yeah, made you up? No, that's
1: definitely something where they're like you know kids these days are much messier than this and that you know <laughs> gotta messy this place up.
0: He he's like trying to find something. He's like, hey, let me show you my cassette player. And he's like digging around through his room. His latest And he can't technology. find it. And he's just like. Well, you know, if you've seen
1: one, you've seen them all. <laughs> and then it's totally like, "And it's only 1981. It's kind of a new thing." <laughs>
0: yeah, and he's like, "All right, let me show you my friends." And then like he like points up to his like his court court of just you know all like pictures of his friends. And they cut around, and the first one they go to is his friend Nick. And the first thing you see Nick Cage doing is shirtless in cut off jean shorts on the beach doing push ups
1: doing. One-armed push-ups.
0: The best introduction I think I've ever seen anyone have anywhere. Because you know right away, this guy cares about his physique. <laughs> he's his best friend because he's the first one that's introduced. And it introduces the most important character, the beach. Yes. Where Nick Cage, uh, you know... He's one with the beach. Gives his sex tips oh, yeah. about his how to pick feelings. up women. Um, it's where he works out. It's where he just... It, that's, like we said earlier, that's
1: his dominion. That's where, where he, he lives. Wait, on his future or lack of future at this moment?
0: He, yeah, because yeah, at the very end, the serious scene, it's at the beach again, but it's by the water. Yeah. He like, is, that's, where he, that's where he goes to think.
1: He's like Bodhi, you know. He's Bodhi, basically. He is Bodhi.
0: <laughs> th- I wish that he was in Point Break. but He'd make like a terrific was... Bodhi. He would, he would be great in any role in that movie. <laughs> I wrote down at one point that everything that's happening is the weirdest thing. Like, there's, there's like, sequences, like, five or ten minutes. We're just coming back and forth from, like, one thing to another, and nothing makes sense. Yeah. And nothing ties in with each other. Yeah. And I'm just, like, struggling, like, I don't... There's no story. Think, what 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 would you say the story is?
1: I don't think there. that's it. Like, I think you just made me realize there is no story. It's, like, look at us hang out for an hour, um... We're really, you know, there's really <laughs> there's really no point to it, but watch us do this stuff, because this is what kids do, and it's fun to people watch. Like, I don't, you know, that's the best they got.
0: Just kids being kids. Just
1: kids being kids, right? Because like like, like you said, you know, much of this is just like people telling jokes to each other. Like, hey, did you hear this joke? Yeah, you heard that joke. Like, that's what it feels like. And then they give each other advice, they do this, but it's not like, you know, Crispin Glover needs to get a job at the car wash to... You know, afford to pay for an accident he was in, and you know his friends are helping him out. Like that would be nice, something like that maybe. But there's nothing like that. It's just randomness.
0: It's so weird. The other thing I want to talk about is at one point, about two thirds of the way through, the the three girls who I don't know their names. Do they? I mean, like, do they ever say names aside from like the introduction? I feel like they've never said anybody's names ever.
1: Just at the very beginning, when he's like introducing. My friend Nick, and my friend this person, and my friend that.
0: So there, is, there are these three girls who spend like the whole movie or TV show or whatever together. They spend all the best times together. They're putting on makeup, <laughs> you know, they're talking about boys. But there's this one scene where they're just like, at school, I guess, like, just walking along the sidewalk, and they ask the one girl, "You really? Sh- or, you, I can't believe that you missed swim practice yesterday. You won't believe what happened. And the girl says, what happened? And she said, well, you know how we have swimming in the morning and the boys have swimming in the afternoon because they don't wear bathing suits, which I don't understand. Well, there was a mix-up with the schedule and we saw everything. What? And I was just like, this is like a, a prolonged conversation about how they just saw all the boys in the school naked. But what I don't understand is why boys... In school, you know, I'm assuming there's, like, a, at least a class, if not the entire grade or school. Why they are all doing swim class without bathing suits?
1: Yeah. They didn't have swim class at my school. We didn't have a pool, but I've never heard of anything like that. It just, it's irreverence, you know? It's just craziness for crazy's sake. That's how it comes across to me. Like, I here, hear the most crazy thing I can think of boys were swimming naked and we saw them
0: it's like what i feel like this was written by people who somehow were never
1: teenagers see i feel like this was all written by jackie mason <laughs> that's
0: what it might have been it very well might have been
1: and that's like the larger role he had in this like he was probably you know friends with dom mesher and uh he was just like you know jackie i'm doing this project and like i need jokes i need jokes <laughs> And Jackie Mason's like, well, of course. If you need jokes, I got jokes. Sure, just maybe, let me just want to work let at let Things down.
0: Yeah, it's so it's it's insane. I like how it, like everything feels super 80s. I like how everybody does spin moves all the time. Like, that kid who's looking for the Talking Heads cassette, and he finds it, and, like, his way of celebrating, he just does a little spin move and then pays for the cassette tape. <laughs> um, and everybody dances, at least Crispin Glover, but I think everybody sort of dances like they're in Peanuts. Okay. Like You know how in Peanuts, when they're playing the-, the piano, and they're just, like, kicking their feet around? Yeah, with their heads in the air. and the- It's just the weirdest, it's so, it's like a live-action cartoon. Yeah. But not like, but like all grounded in reality. It's weird.
1: Yeah, it's almost like a. It, it kind of parts of it remind me of like Zucker brother films, like Airplane or The Naked Gun, like that sort of reality where things are are grounded, but but wackiness occurs. You know, sure. but but it's all within the context of the real world for the most part. It's it's bizarre.
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's all I have to say about it. Do you have anything else you have any like major points that you you don't think we covered or anything else well, in your notes that we didn't talk we, about yet?
1: Just uh quickly one or two things about it. going back to who who went where after this took up, you know, after this Okay, movie, yeah, yeah. right? Okay, so so Crispin Glover goes on after this, I believe he did Friday the a th- uh, Friday the 13th movie and then, you know, to Back to the Future and right. and that's his career. Uh and And I think the only reason Nick Nick Cage went anywhere is, you know, because at this point his last name was Coppola. You know, I have just a feeling he's going to spend the next year or two trying to use that to get his foot in the door before we see Cage, uh, Nick Cage proper, if you get my meaning.
0: If you watch this without knowing who anybody is, Crispin Glover does a pretty good job, but like Nick Cage is far and away the most charismatic of all these people. Like, he's so into it. Like, he's almost, like, overacting. (laughs) Like, this is almost, like, you know, sort of the the beginning of, like, the overacting. But not, like, in a crazy way. He's just, like... Stands out. He just loves doing this. And, like, he knows his guy. And whether he's, you know, talking about picking up girls or working out or, you know, talking about how he's afraid of being drafted, he's fully committed and like you can see that he would he was going to be somebody.
1: I think after during editing they focused more on Cage. You know they probably saw like this guy is is standing, standing out front. You know he's a little heads and shoulders above everyone else.
0: Because he's in it probably more than anybody else. Yeah, he's
1: the second most featured character, only because Crispin Glover's you know the the lead character.
0: Yeah, the show is like quote about him, I guess about Crispin Glover. Yeah, um, he's but yeah front. so. As what you were saying about like, with his last name Coppola, he's credited in this and in Fast Times as Nicholas Coppola. But then after that, he's never Nicholas Coppola again. He's just Nicholas Cage.
1: All right, so Valley Girl, he comes out and he's Nick Cage. Yes. Okay. All right. So, I, yeah, I wasn't too sure about that. I didn't know if, if he made it to Valley Girl as Nick Coppola, but okay. Interesting. The, um, the one last thing I just want to go back to is... Cage's monologue on the beach at the end because up until then I was sort of you know, I won't say I liked I was liking this, but like it wasn't bothering me. You know what I mean? Like I I, got, right. I I understood it. I understood where they were what it was trying to do. It was very light, it was very, you know, grease to me, like, like the grease or high school musical, I'd say. Uh, but then Cage, you know, you know, talks directly to the screen, could it be more serious and, and talking about the, the military buildup in El Salvador and his, his dad was in the Korean War and he might get drafted and and I'm just like, I've never gotten so depressed. So like, quickly. Out, so quickly, out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, dude. I feel like someone, like, you know the game some those kids used to play, they'd run up and punch people in the face out of nowhere? Like, that's how it felt. I felt like it, the knockout game via this show.
0: Like, everything about it, sort of changes like it it, it's a different music it's just it's just he's the only person in the scene and aside from crispin glover in his bedroom there's almost always i can't remember many scenes if any where it's just one person in the frame you know what i mean yeah like it it always seems like there is you know a, a group of kids or at least two just talking about it and then it's just him in a like a location that's like sort of where we've seen but it's a brand new spot different music and then he's just like hey the war is real, and I'm worried about getting drafted. And you're like, "Wait, where's this coming from?" The yeah, man he is
1: bumming out. He's like, "I just hope we don't have a war." Like, I got to get my grades up. Four years of college are going to be the toughest part of my life. Like, I'm not a good student. I'm like, "Why?" <laughs> is this their target audience? Are they like, because <laughs> yeah, it's just such a such a such just like a drastic and. Complete shift in tone that um, that is hitting you over the head. You know what I'm saying? Like they take their time to make you understand. Like he's being very serious about this. Right. Um, It's no more time. Like we've had our fun, we've had our laughs, but but this is some serious adult stuff here. Uh, And then he he just like kind of shrugs and doesn't know. He's uncertain about his future. And he does like this. He walks off like the sad Hulk. Like it reminded me at the end of the Incredible Hulk, he's just walking down the beach. His yes. back turned, like, like, you know, what's what 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 am I gonna do? <laughs> <laughs> like,
2: what's gonna happen next week? You
0: know? It's so out of left field. And then like all the, like then there's like the next scene, but I don't remember what the next scene is because I think I was sort of still in shock from what I just saw. <laughs> but the next scene is also like a little bit like depressing. But then all of a sudden, it's just the dance that they've been talking about yeah. all episode, and then Jackie Mason doing like wacky antics and like telling kids not to eat too much of his food, and then it's pretty much over.
1: Yeah, like it just, up very quickly. Uh, there's not even a song at the dance. You know, they don't even break back into song or anything. Um, she, I was getting sort of Back to the Future flashes of things to come because sure. of this girl playing the guitar like Marty McFly almost, and you have Crispin Glover doing his George McFly dance <laughs> sort of on the dance floor. That was funny. I, 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 I love this. I don't know if I could watch
0: it that many times. Because it, like, requires a level of concentration to try to just have to sort of figure out what's happening. Yeah. That, like, a couple times I had to, like, pause it and, like, see how much time I'd watched. And, like, the first time I was like, I've only seen, like, 16 minutes of this. (laughs) And I felt like I'd seen, and I probably had seen, you know, 25 or 30 scenes.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's just so
0: much, so fast, so quickly that it just... It's a lot of effort just to sort of be like, okay, there's nine people I've never met before, all doing their own things, none of which make any sense.
1: Mm-hmm. Here it is. Yeah, and according to these characters, they're fully developed and they're not going to really grow or change very much during what you're watching. You know, so you're coming in and it's like you know, they all know each other. You don't know any of them. And just to get a grasp on everybody takes some time, you know, in a normal movie, let alone something like this that is almost structureless.
0: The only thing that, like, the only, like, modern show that, like, is anything like this that I can
1: think of is, like, Robot Chicken,
0: where, like, they're willing to, like, just have, like, you know, yeah. one joke and then they're, they're out of it. Yeah.
1: Everything feels like an aside from, like, the family guy, right? Like, there's no, there's no set story. Everything is, like, just one of those... Cutaways. That's how this kind of feels, where we just crammed all the cutaways into into one giant lump, and we're watching it straight forward.
0: It's it's crazy, and I love it, and I can't wait to continue this journey. (laughs) So next up, we have Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and then we have Valley Girl. I've seen Fast Times. I have not seen Valley Girl. Uh, I'm excited to see Fast Times again. I'm excited to see Valley Girl for the first time. I mentioned this on our blog. I, I've seen... we've uh, Mike, Mike and I have both seen close to 30 of his movies, but I feel like it's definitely true for me, and I think it's probably true for him, a lot of what we've seen is the more recent ones. A lot of what I'm missing is this early stuff. So this is all caged in, like, I do not know at all. Okay. I uh, so sort of
1: grew up with some of this, like... Uh... In the early days of HBO, there was, they, they would play tankies who got married quite often, and okay. I had seen Raising Arizona, was very familiar with that sure. from an early age, um, and some of the valley girls I was familiar with uh, didn't see it until I was more of like a teenager. Uh, but fast times, you know, seen it, love it, seen it lots of times. But but looking for Cage this time, you know what I'm saying? Like, what it, what is Cage doing? Where is he hanging? What might he be doing when when we're not seeing him? You know, I'm gonna try and maybe imagine what his uh, his storyline could have been.
0: It is it is fascinating to sort of follow through 73 movies, mm. one man's journey. Yeah, yeah. You know, like,
1: uh, maybe when when. Um, when necessary, we might have to touch on some some of his more uh, personal life, you know. If if it by any means affects his work, you know, maybe we could touch a little bit upon some of that. Sure, certainly very interesting personal life.
0: Absolutely, but I'm very excited to be on this journey. I'm glad that you're here, Mike, and I'm glad that anybody who's listening is taking this journey with us. I, I encourage you all to watch these movies, follow along. I don't think you, nec- you don't necessarily have to because will sort of we're not we're not going to summarize them we're going to talk about the, the best moments but really to truly take the cage journey that we're taking t- seek out some of these movies the best times is a little lo- the best times is entirely on youtube you can watch the entire thing on youtube for free really no excuse to not watch this or at least just like sort of like fast forward through it and just sort of see the craziness and try to make sense of what's going on because we can't
1: yeah and if you just go to the cage moments you know that's what we're here for mostly yeah. <laughs> so you get the do cage this. moments the cage moments yeah, I was I was trying to toy with a segment based on, on the saying uh, sage advice. If we could come up with maybe cage advice at some point down the. Oh, way. we should write down his best. I think so. From best of times, and
0: I wish I had the quote, but the the, the cage the cage moment would be
2: how to pick up girls. Yeah. Hey, uh, Nick. <laughs> what? Do you th- do you think I'm good looking? Not to me or not? No, no. I don't need the girls. I don't know. Six all kinds. Yeah, but I don't seem to have much luck. Well, it's got nothing to do with luck. Ugh. You don't have the right mental attitude. Here, I'll show you. This is how you walk. Mm-hmm. Hi. Hi, how you doing? Yeah, I saw you booking for today. Yeah. Oh, oh, have a donut. Yes. What does that say, to people? I, I really don't know. Well, I'll tell you. It says, happy no problems, no worries, nothing. Just happy. Well, is that bad? Yeah, in this world, if you look too happy, people think you're stupid. Now watch. This is how I walk. Yeah. What does it say to you? It says, get out of the way. Here comes Nick. <laughs> That's right. Oh. Ah! That's what turns women on! I never knew that. Yeah. Then when you get their attention, let them do all the talking and just keep looking in their eyes like this. You know, women are sensitive. They can uh, pick up mental vibrations. They can? Well, well Nick, uh, what, do you, what do you think of when, you, when you're looking at them like this? I think, quote, I am the most beautiful man you have ever seen. My magnificent biceps drive you wild with desire. Unquote. Stuff like that. And it works.
0: Yeah. The tough thing about this is that it's more physical than verbal, because he's talking to this nerdy guy about how he's walking wrong. Um, he's he walks too happy, <laughs> and so he has to walk, you know, like this, and like Nick sort of like does like this sexy kind of walk. It's almost um, a strut. <laughs> And then he just, like, flexes. Right. Um, so I would say that was the bit of cage advice, Yeah, how to be more <laughs> like him. And it's just, so think about that. Change the way you walk and flex more, I guess. Because <laughs> that's what women like.
1: Yeah, project confidence, right? That was his... his, his... Project confidence. Yeah. I'm confident.
0: That's why. I get chicks.
1: <laughs> Literally. <laughs> it's the best advice. For the best of times.
0: So, for Cage Club, that is Mike Manzi. Thank you. I am Joey Lewandowski. This was the first episode. I hope you enjoyed. Join us next time.
2: Remember, these are the best of times.